chromosomes. Little strands of nucleic acids and proteins are the fundamental genetic instructions that tell us who we are at birth. Most people are born with 46 chromosomes, but each year in the United States, about 6,000 people are born with an extra chromosome, making them a person with Down syndrome. If you've ever encountered someone with Down syndrome, you know that they are some of the kindest, most joyful people you will ever meet. They truly have something extra. My name is Lisa Nichols, and I have spent the last 24 years as both the CEO of Technology Partners and as the mother to Allie. Allie has something extra in every sense of the word. I have been blessed to be by her side as she impacts everyone she meets. Through these two important roles as CEO and mother to Allie, I have witnessed countless life lessons that have fundamentally changed the way I look at the world. While you may not have an extra chromosome, every leader has something extra that defines who you are. Join me as I explore the something extra in leaders from all walks of life and discover how that difference in each of them has made a difference in their companies, their families, their communities, and in themselves. I'm very excited to have Dan Lauer on the show today. Dan is the CEO and founder of Lauer Toys and the creator of the baby doll Water Babies. He also is the founding executive director for Umzil Accelerate. Dan, I am absolutely thrilled to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for making the time. And uh, it's going to be a learning experience for both of us, right, with this remote podcasting. Peace be with you, Lisa. I'm so glad we have this opportunity to share with your listeners. And there's just so much here to talk about. But you're kind of funny because you have said to me, I've had five chapters in my life. (laughs) So I don't know if we can get through all five, but we're going to try for sure. So growing up, what was growing up like for you, Dan? So I'm a St. Louis homer. Parents having six kids in six years. Not a lot of money, but a lot of creativity. And it was the yesteryear that we all remember. We could go outside and play in the backyard. We had less structure. And we didn't know we were poor. We just got along. Six kids in six years. Something else your parents had was a lot of energy. (laughs) They had some creativity, but they had to have a lot of energy. That's exciting. So where are you in the birth order? I'm five out of six. And so I study birth order. I was the, you know, they say our entrepreneurs born or made. I was that B-minus student that, you know, was restless. I'm sure I had ADD, but I always dreamed of something bigger. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that in common. Yeah, so I'd love to dig into that a little bit. So you you went to college and you started out in banking, right? Right. In my day, we we didn't have a lot of choices. So I went to University of Missouri-St. Louis, Elmsville which if you're in St. Louis, you know it's the working college. Most of us have a job or two throughout college, but it was practical training. And so I learned the basics of management, of technology, of resources. And banking really was a great proving ground to learn how companies get things done, how to move forward. I mean, I know that when you were transitioning from banking, you were like a vice president. You had a great career there, but there was something else that was itching inside of you. And that's kind of where your siblings come in. So let's talk about that journey a little bit. For me, I'm a creative. And so all my life, I've kept record logs and I can't draw to save my life. But, you know, when I was eight, uh, my sisters used to make dolls out of water balloons. So Water Babies, which is now one of the best selling, longest selling dolls ever, 
was really inspired by a childhood memory of sisters playing in the backyard with water-filled balloons. And I remember when I met you, I'm like, you are the water baby guy. Because <laughs> I can remember buying those for my daughters when they're younger. So that is so funny. So you said you had um, something inside of you that you wanted to do more. Where do you think that came from, Dan? We study that again, born or made. What are the characteristics of entrepreneurs? We tend to be optimists. We tend to connect the dots before others. We tend to want to leave a legacy or leave something behind, make better. In this case too, though, I'm a capitalist. I wanted to make money. I wanted to explore doing my own thing. And Water Babies represented a opportunity to, I watched Cabbage Patch happen. I watched Pound Puppies happen. It was a fashion industry. And we talk about ecosystem and there was no internet back in the day. And truly this was a mind to market by enrolling others in my dream by being very intentional about it. You, you made your first prototype, did you not? You did your own prototype, right? It took you three years and 700 rejection letters <laughs> because you were going after a Mattel or Hasbro. You were going after one of the big toy companies, right? To pick this up. Like most inventors, I wanted a million dollar check for Mr. Mattel and a 5% royalty. And I found out quickly there is no Mr. Mattel. And so these companies get thousands of letters a week from undiscovered first-time inventors. So when I think about success, it's how do you define your North Star. In this case, my BHAG was I want the top selling doll in the country in three years. So that's hard to get to when you don't have money or you don't have process. But then you align that North Star around processes, around people, around technology. And that's really been my pattern all my life. And I would inspire your, your listeners to really set up process, set up people. You cannot do this alone. This is not linear. So the first part of this was writing uh, letters. Today, it's called customer discovery. Would a mom pay $20 to get a warm water-filled doll? Because that's basically what water babies is. It's a hot water bottle doll, and it's warm and cuddly. So my customer discovery was around, has it been done before? Has someone tried it? Has someone done it better? Am I really first mover? We'd always talk about first mover. Well, dolls have been around forever, but mine happened to be a technology around warm. And what I heard from the big toy companies was, prove it. Do you fill up the water in China? Do you keep it warm? How do you keep it not moldy? And so I was getting feedback and you have to really listen to the universe, especially in this post-COVID world. Entrepreneurs can no longer boil the ocean. We have to pick one or two strategic things. And so I was listening carefully. They didn't pull out one. They didn't say we tried it before. They said, prove it. And so I set about doing that. So over 700 rejection letters. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that we can go in and you've already touched on a few of these things, the qualities and the mindset of an entrepreneur. But one of them is just perseverance. And if you believe in something, like you said, you align the people, the process, the technology, and you, and you just keep going, right? And that's probably, you know, why some people don't get their products to market is because they give up too soon. They do give up too soon. And so I have three things I think about with the entrepreneur mindset that we're deploying now at Umsone. One is learn fast, less fear. I think fear kills quickest. So I'm asking your audience, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of looking foolish? Are you afraid of getting fired? Are you afraid? And examine that. And so, you know, my first prototypes were balloons and condoms tied together. Imagine what my friends thought. You know, they're like, what are you doing? My apartment looked like Jeffrey Dahmer's place with cut up dolls and heads and body parts. And But you got to get over that. If you, if you have your North Star and you have intentionality about it. So this learn fast part, well... My first product I tried was a product called a cast saver. And I walked in the Walgreens and there was already a product on the market called Shower Safe, which protected your cast when taking a bath. And I'm like, stop right there. 
So uh, learn fast. But then the other second thing is a maniacal focus on the customer. You know, what does mom want? In this case, mom wants to give a tool, a rite of passage tool to their children to be more empathetic. And that's important to mothers. That's important to grandmothers. So if I stuck with that maniacal focus on the customer, what's their needs and wants? And then finally, an entrepreneur mindset is bias towards action. You know, I have some inventors that come to me nowadays and I'm like, how long have you been working on this thing? They say, well, 30 years. I'm like, wow, you're a bad investment. <laughs> you know, so doing is better than not doing around a process to get you to a conclusion. Yeah. And that just reminds me about the minimum viable product. Just get it out there, get it out there fast. So my minimum viable was I'm going to make 5,000 of these. I'm going to sell them at Venture and Walmart and Target in St. Louis in 1990. And I'm going to see if mom's willing to spend 20 bucks on it. And the truth is, you know, we talked about resiliency earlier. My first production run, seven out of 10 failed. They leaked. So I had to go into stores, beg store managers to swap out tested product for not tested product. I had an army of people that would unbox, put the failed dolls in the bathtub, look for air bubbles, repackage. It was a nightmare, but it was a tipping point because the store manager said, you know what? You got a hot water bottle doll, right? And you're showing TV and you've on, you're in the newspapers. Why don't you stand at the front of the store and hand one to a little girl? Wow. You do this at Thanksgiving in the cold. <laughs> we went from selling hundreds a day to hundreds an hour. And I could have never imagined that happening, but it, it was an unforeseen good stroke of fortune that we actually created. That is an amazing story. Now today, I don't know exactly, but I think it's somewhere around 25 million of these have been sold. Is that still accurate? 24.7 to be exact. But you know what? Our best days are ahead of us. So I credit that to my work at Elmsel to think about purpose, cause marketing, and we have a great things in front of us there. I'm excited to get into that. So I want you to talk a little bit about Haystack. I know that I read about that and I'm like, Haystack, you were trying to find needles in the haystack <laughs> with that. And that's where the name came from, right, Dan? I lived the entrepreneur American dream for the good and the bad. I noticed that, you know, once the success of Water Babies happened, we're in the Wall Street Journal and People Magazine and on CBS News. And in St. Louis, that means for some reason, more attractive girls wanted to date me. But Every inventor in the Midwest and the country wanted to see me because now I had something important. I had senior management access to Mattel and Hasbro. And so I could take your idea, we could plus it up and I could have it shown. Well, what a horrible process. Even for someone successful, you sit in a room with a dozen suits and they press a button and you go through the floor if it doesn't work. And, and so I thought, you know, trust the genius in others. I saw brilliant original creative stuff. And so Haystack Toys, we did a thing called the Great American Toy Hunt, which was a road trip, kind of like Antique Roadshow meets I Want to Be a Millionaire. We generated billions of media impressions, found tremendous toys, and yet in two and a half years, the company failed. So why do you think it failed? You know, I had a big appetite and I probably read and believed my press too much. I believed my projections, but we were doing some heavy lifting we were doing some very expensive, complicated toys. We launched your Bush and Gore fighting about who were going to be president. So there was macro things that were against us. We were booked on Good Morning America and Today's Show. And we sold out in St. Louis where we got good press, but we didn't sell out in Seattle because we couldn't get that tipping point moment. But the core thing of trusting the genius in others and looking outside for innovation Still applies today. It's exactly what we're doing at Umso to accelerators. That plays right into what you're doing today. Yeah, the principles apply. Entrepreneurship success, 
you have to be lucky. Timing and luck. There's a couple of products that we pioneered back in, this was 2000, that are on the market now. There was brain at the time, maybe it was too early. So right. leading edge versus cutting edge. But boy, did I learn so much more from Haystack than I did with Water Babies, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes we do learn more from our failures, or I don't even like to call them failures. They're just, they're trials, they're uh, experiments <laughs> sometimes. And, and as an entrepreneur, you do a lot of experimentation, don't you, Dan? And if you adopt this model of learn fast, less fear, I learn fast. And the best thing to do if you want to cut is shut down. So undaunted, I continued on and and learned from it. I love something that you wrote. Success rarely ever follows a straight line. It's not a linear equation. and, And a lot of people do. I think they want the playbook. And there is no overnight success. It just doesn't happen. Every success has at least two or three years of hard work, enrollment of others, enrolling the best and brightest. Back what I said earlier, process people and technology. We cannot do this alone. And you have to complement your skills and, and look at your blinders. You know, in your story, I was thinking about your 700 rejection letters. It so reminded me of the story that I read a long time ago, Dan, about Walt Disney. I think he went to over 500 banks to get someone to say <laughs> and to believe in his idea of Disney World and was rejected, but he just kept going and believed in that. So Most successful entrepreneurs have a strong process, have very strong branded language and are resilient. But he was also getting enough feedback to say, keep trying. It's not your parents or your family telling you to keep trying. You do have to get outside on customer discovery to truly get Mm -hmm. objective feedback. If it really doesn't work, if the universe is saying it's been tried before, it's been done before, then maybe the best thing to do is stop. I have a process of time and money and I was getting enough good signals, listening closely because you want to de-risk this. The other thing that happens, I get people coming to me and saying, wow, I'm getting a divorce. I've got a second mortgage on my house and I've got these 10,000 products in my basement. And they didn't look at the competition. They didn't study the market. It's a balancing act of listening to the universe as well as being very intentional and resilient about your vision. Definitely. Great advice. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with Dan Lauer. Let's face it. The future is mobile. There's a good chance that you are listening to this show right now on your phone. Have you explored how you can move your business mobile too? Our mobile apps team at Technology Partners makes it their mission to move our clients into the hands of their employees and customers and change their business processes to meet the demands of their users. Let's work together and build a dynamic mobile app for your team. Go to tpi.co slash mobile apps and get the conversation started about how we can help you get your new application off the ground. So Dan, after 27 years of being in the toy business, how are you keeping it fresh? Amen. So we get to every price point, $5, $10, $15. I take 10% of every dollar I receive in what I call a blue sky, blue ocean fund. So we have dolls that stay warm. We have dolls that can hold your hand. But the big thing is, and it's kind of linked to COVID, is entrepreneurs tend to be busy. Busy, 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 trying to boil the ocean. And with water babies, we're like, what really moves the needle? And hopefully in a second, we're going to talk about UMSL. But I got to thinking, what is the purpose of water babies? What's the calling of water babies? Water babies is 80% water. Humans are 80% water. And in my work at UMSL, everyone does, hey, I want to give 10% to this charity. And I want to do this and that. 
Well, to do that right, it has to be authentic. And so I started thinking Water Babies loves clean water. And long story made short, there's a company called Charity Water in New York that's doing amazing things. Scott Harrison, he wants to solve the water crisis in our lifetime. Well, what an authentic cause marketing related thing that it hits me in my core. So in 2021, we hope to come out with Water Babies Loves Clean Water and make hundreds of Water Babies wells all around the world to end this crisis. Yes. Oh, that that would just be phenomenal. Clean water is paramount. And we've even talked about that in COVID. It's like people that don't have clean water, how can they even sanitize properly, much less, you know, clean drinking water? So, Dan, that's a nice theme, but how do you put that into the product? How do the dots connect there? To really move the needle, I want it to be audacious. And so today, if you know what a jerry can is, a jerry can is a yellow or red big bucket that carries diesel fuel or dirty water. And women in in remote, hard parts of the world carry these big jerry cans on their shoulders or heads three hours a day which means they can't teach, which means they can't cook, which means they can't train their children. And so today a customer thinks, ooh, it's dirty. Well, a water baby style is a you fill with warm water and say we have a pink little funnel that fills it up. We're going to use a yellow jerry can. Now imagine a sweet little water baby next to a dirty jerry can. That requires explanation and it's audacious. And so we're going to give this a try because it's a way of getting our story out and literally mixing it into the product which is much more than just a slogan. It's at its core. It's how water babies are filled up. And we're going to take a chance. Any way that we can get involved in that and our listeners, I think it's awesome. So let's pivot and talk about what you're doing today, because I think what you're doing today is so amazing. And you are running the Accelerate program at UMSL. I had read something, Dan, you know, you say that 70% of students that graduate from UMSL end up staying in St. Louis. And I think that's a really important part because we want homegrown companies here, do we not? What I love about UMSL is it's a practical education, nursing, business, education, arts and sciences. If you're from St. Louis, you know that UMSL means you probably don't have a 34 ACT, you probably don't have a silver spoon, and you probably have a job or two. And so these are serious students. How I came to be at UMSL was, you know, I read a book called Halftime. And that's, you know, how to go from success to significance. And it started out with a conversation with the dean, Charlie Hoffman, that led to this, let's try to reinvent what it means to be an accelerator or an entrepreneur center today. And what are the practical 21st century skills that need to be trained And we use accelerators, which, by the way, was Haystack Toys. We trust the genius and others. We've got a new model of in-classroom experience, club or peer experience within the ecosystem experience, and students are ravenous for it. Very exciting. So how many students have gone through the program? Yeah, we just launched a BSBA last spring, and we had immediately 19 students show up. We've had uh, last semester, I think, 147 students taking it. But equally important, we want to give them foundational experiences. So an intro to entrepreneur, we say nine out of 10 of you may never start a business, but what you're going to learn will make you better wherever you go. By the time you're a senior, we want you, if you're still in entrepreneurship looking for a degree, we want you to have real venture formation. So we have this thing called an Entrepreneur Quest Student Accelerator. And it's a call to action. We do it on all four campuses at UMKC and Mizzou and Rolla. It's a competition. And we get, you know, 50, 60 applications per campus. We do a shark tank. They go into a very exclusive mashup of a capstone meets accelerator cohort. 
and we give them real dollars. Instead of a $500 business plan, you could win up to $30,000. So then when you think about continuation of capital, you know, our winner went on to win an ARCH grant. Then once that happens, maybe she'll get into an accelerator and really use this robust St. Louis ecosystem that we have to then attract real vendors with real technologies to really move them farther faster. And so who wants to get on an airplane to go to an expensive East Coast school today? So UMPO could be that answer, that void to fill with practical education that teaches hard skills, 21st century skills. I never thought I'd be in the education business, but man, it's great to see when light bulbs are turned on and seeing these students overcome this nonlinear process. Well, I tell you what, you're a great guy to be that person, uh, Dan, because I know you've just got so much experience. And I'm just thinking there was nothing like this when we were all starting our businesses, were there? <laughs> right. I think it's a great time, even in this COVID world, it's a great time to be an entrepreneur. There's so much opportunity and there's so much ability to do research. There's so many people willing to help to make it less lonely, to make it more viable, to de-risk it. So for the listener, I would say try. And I would say, look, draw it, write it down, take it out of your brain. And for the next six months, invest, how much time can you commit to this? Two hours a week? Four hours a week? How much money can you commit? A thousand a month? A hundred a month? So in six months, try to come with an MVP, a minimum viable, mm -hmm. to see if there's a there there. And I think this is a great time to reflect to reset, to consider, to inquire. And maybe it's a goal, maybe it's not, but it's a, a wonderful experience either way. Yes, I could not agree more. Well, this is something extra. So I want to talk about maybe something extra in one of your team members or even one of your students. You know, the something extra I always look for is attitude. Are you a self-starter? Are you curious? And, you know, at UMSO, we had Tomas and Ala. Both were MBAs. Both could get paid more somewhere else but they believed in the vision and they were the people we enrolled. And when you get that something extra, the whole organization moves farther faster because you've got people that are passionate that want to be there. And so I think that's my success all my life was enrolling others in this game. And if you have a, a strong enough BHAG, you do that. But I hire, I enroll for the skills come later. I hire for culture. Yes. And I just think about Herb Keller. That's what he always said, too. He hired for attitude, trained for skills. Anytime you're sitting in an airplane and many don't want to today, but it's that heart. This is love. Well, how much more pure and basic can you get? So he is absolutely the model of culture. And most leaders, you too, you build your organization around culture and trust. Without it, doesn't really matter. Right. I could not agree more with that. Great advice. Well, what do you believe, Dan, is something extra that every leader needs? You know, I was listening to some of your episodes and all these entrepreneurs, all these leaders have a strong branded language. They have a lexicon. And what it does is really help their team have intentionality and we all have similar but different languages, but it really does create this culture of trust. And if you don't have it, you can't move farther faster. It really is a showstopper. And so the something extra is the leader that I call it enlightened self-interest. And if you can get others to believe in the dream and find a path for them to be successful with you, mm -hmm. you know, people say success has many fathers. Well, amen. And if 30 people take credit for Water Babies happen or 60, great. And thank you. Otherwise, it just remains an idea. Yeah. Oh, this has been so good. Well, let me ask you, is there something coming up that you're excited about? This is your time to pitch whatever it is that you'd like to. I want to talk to the listener who has an idea. And I would say, take it serious and draw it 
put it on a PowerPoint, make it happen, and surround yourself with process, people, and technology. Now, I do have to plug UMSL. There's never been a better time to go get a great education at a good cost, and we're local. But for the yearner, for the seeker, you know, what does it say? A, a, a goal without a deadline is a dream. Really focus, validate it, and take it serious. So my action today is, if you dreamed about this, in the next 30 days, do something about it. And follow up. I'm out there in the world. I'm happy to. We have an entrepreneur in residence program. Bring it on. And there's support in the world for you. 90% of it is showing up. So show up and the world will provide. That is great advice. And and to your point, Dan, people are so willing to help. They want to see people succeed. We want to see one another succeed. So if there is a way that you can help or I can help, but people have to lean in. We certainly can't read minds and we don't know what's going on inside of them, right? <laughs> Unless they reach out and say, I need help. It's still Darwinian. You know, any class, any group of 50, you'll remember five of them. So the people that raise their hand, that be the light you want to see in the world attitude. And that's who I want to play with. So let's play. Absolutely. Well, this has just been so much fun. I just know that all of your insights and wisdom is going to help our listeners. And so thank you so much, Dan, for taking the time to be on the show today. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for listening to today's show. Something Extra with Lisa Nichols is a Technology Partners production. Copyright Technology Partners, Inc., 2019. For show notes or to reach Lisa, visit tpi.co slash podcast. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen.